0: You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Good morning, everyone. That's a short text. And uh, with that as a springboard, I'm going to uh, wax a little philosophical this morning before I get started. And the first thing I want to mention to you, when when this text says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, it encompasses a great deal of information in terms of our psychology, in terms of our rationality, in terms of our perspective of life, because we understand or should understand because we are reasonable people. And because we have a smattering of understanding, we should understand and know that there are, there are two forces in this life, one of good and one of evil. And when we talk about good, we, we're talking about good things, things that just happened that are beneficial to ourselves and to others. Now, I believe from reading the Bible, and I'm talking to Bible believers those who have confidence in God's word. We are a distinct people because of that, because we have ourselves grounded in God's scriptures. We understand that when God created man, he formed man and said that it was good. So he placed within each one of us a concept of goodness, of morality. Now, there's been an issue, and, it has, and it's been around for a long time, whether or not evil comes by nature or by nurture. We do know this that when a human being starts out on this earth, they start out good, invested with good. Now that changes oftentimes. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that as we get older, we all sin, we all stray from the goodness that God has placed within us. But God is always good. It is his nature to be good. God is magnificent. Everything that God does is beneficial to humanity, beneficial to you and beneficial to me. And all the good things that happen in this life come about because of that moral ethical goodness that God has placed in man to begin with. And so it's still there in vestigial form maybe, but it's still there. Therefore, when we talk about things that are beneficial to us, we have to talk about things that God has designed for us from the very beginning. And that as we allow him into our lives, and he is in all of us, To begin with, God made us in his image. He is in us. And his goodness is in us. And as we allow him to operate in our lives, then things are better for us. And better for people around us. Better for humanity. As long as God has allowed his place in our lives, in us, to operate in us. Now this text says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God starts out in us. He has a place in us. No, no, it's no wonder that when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said a man must be born again. Which means that you have to go back to that point in your life when God's goodness prevailed. When that's all there was. When a baby is born... All that's in them is goodness. That comes out, eventually, it leaves. But initially, we start out that way. Now, John chapter 1 verse 10 tells us, and remember, we believe as believers, that Jesus is God. He is the Son of God. And this text tells us, in John chapter 1 verse 10, that He was in the world... And the world was made by him. Talking about Jesus. He's in the world. The world was made by him. And the world knew him not. The world didn't recognize him. But keep in mind the fact that the text says that that he was in the world. Which means that he... It doesn't mean that he's just floating around somewhere in the atmosphere. It means he's in people. He's in people. He's in humanity. That's where he is. Now, we can drive him out or squelch him or replace him. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We can let he that is in the world drive him out, drive God out of our lives. But the point is, he wants to be there. And he's there to start with. Now, as Christians, we believe, and I'm talking to Christians mainly, We believe that God is working powerfully in us. That God is in you. He's working in you powerfully. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In 2 Corinthians 6, 16, God promised, he said, I will walk in them and I will dwell in them. Which means God is in you. He's in you working. Now, I'm going to give you three three points today, just three. Three points, three avenues, or three aspects where God is greater in you than the world that's in you. In other words, God works better in you than the world is working in you because God is greater. He's more powerful. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to cite some text for you so that you'll see you're a Bible believer. You will see what I'm talking about comes from the Scriptures and that because you are a child of God and of faith, you believe in God, you believe in the Word of God, you believe in the Son of God, then you believe in the power of God. You believe that these things are true, for instance. Ephesians 3 verse 19, he says, we, "We want to know the love of God which passes all knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God." I'm saying that God is in you. He's in me. That's the point. We're filled with the fullness of God. Philippians 2:13 says, "It's God that works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure." okay? Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say then? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, now, let's look at these texts. Let's look at these points. What I'm saying is that God is greater in you than he that's in the world. So God is greater in you because God is light. He's greater in you because he's light. Now, here are the texts. We're going to read the text first. Then we're going to make some some conclusions, draw some conclusions. Psalms 27 verse 1 says Now remember, we're talking about the fact that God is in fact in you, which means that there is light in you, as long as God is in you. Okay? Psalms 27 verse 1 says The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light. All right. Psalms 104 verse 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. You cover yourself with light as with a garment. Okay. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 through 3 talks about Jesus being in the light so we understand also that jesus is in us the fullness of god is supposed to be in us that meaning that light is in us but here it says that jesus is going to be the light as well isaiah 60 verse 1 through 3 says arise shine for your light is come and the glory of the lord has arisen upon you For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles, that's the nations, that's us, shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Jesus is light. John 1 verse 9 says, This was the true light, talking about Jesus, which lights every man that comes into the world. John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21, one that we're very familiar with, says this. This is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that comes to the light, he that does truth, comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. John 8, verse 12 then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John twelve forty six, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me shall not abide in darkness. John one seventeen, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. 1 John 1, 5, this is the message then that we have heard from him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Okay. Now then. The text tells us that God is greater in us. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. That means that you have the greatness of God within you which is light. And light is greater than darkness. So the point is, you're more powerful. You're stronger. You're more capable. You're more balanced. Because God, who is light, is in you. The light is in you. God uses the illustration of light because of the dominance of light over darkness. We can see that, can't we? We know that that the darkness cannot chase the light. It cannot. The light dispels the darkness, not vice versa. When When the sun arises and light comes up, the darkness flees. Isn't that correct? It takes a very little light to dispel a great deal of darkness. Darkness is used as a cloak of evil. Basically, evil people do bad things in the dark, in the shadows. Evil people are doing evil things in the light now. But the point is, we walk in the light. I'm I'm impressed with Revelation chapter 21, verse 23. That talks about, and and I, I believe in that text, he's talking about the kingdom of God and the church. He's talking about when you become a Christian... And you come into that environment, you come into the heavenly Jerusalem, and that text says, there, there is no darkness, that God is the light. So when we're with God, and he's within us, there is no darkness. There's nothing for us to be afraid of. Darkness conceals treachery. Darkness hides subterfuge. Darkness celebrates evil. Evil. Light celebrates victories. Light conquers the dark. The believer is advised, and we sang the song before we began this, the the believer is advised to walk in the light with God and then to set that light that's within them on a hill so that everybody can see it and keep it out from under a basket so that it can shine through the whole house. Light exposes treachery. Light exposes deceit. Light exposes debauchery. But light illuminates our journey and lights the path for our feet. Light eliminates shame. Light drives out of dark drives darkness out. That's why when we allow the light to shine in our lives, we allow God to to control our lives, then we eliminate the shame and the treachery and the deceit and the ignominy and the lies that come about from the darkness. God of this world has blinded the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. So God is powerful in you. Because God has lighted up your life. He has opened the blinds and let the sun shine in. He is the light in your life, and therefore, He is greater than the darkness that enshrouds you. Don't be deceived. Don't close your eyes. Don't, don't shut your ears. Don't, don't become blind to the light that is in you, because God is greater in you. You do not have to be ignorant. You do not have to worry about the future. You do not have to be concerned about where you're going because you're walking in the light and greater is he that is in you. God is light. Now God is also love. We're talking about things in your life that make you stronger. Things in your life because God is in your life that gives you the power over your enemies allows you to overcome when you feel like you're overwhelmed these things are there because god is there and god is love now i'm not going to talk about what love is there's there's so many people so many not so many people there's so many philosophies about what love is you know what it is i do too you can feel love i can feel it too People don't have to explain to you what love is for you to acknowledge it and to experience it. You know what love is. I know what love is. I know when someone loves me and I know when they don't. You do the same thing, don't you? We don't have to explain it. We don't have to, we don't have to dissect it. We don't have to look at it through a magnifying glass and say, well, what what really is it? We know what it is. Love is a very reasonable, rational thing. Love has acts that Provide the evidence that, that it's there. But we, we know what it is, don't we? We know when somebody doesn't love us. We know when we're despised. But we also know when we're loved. Now, let's read the text that talk about the fact, and I'm saying this simply to you, God is in you. He's in you. And because He's in you, He makes you stronger than he that's in the world. Because God is love. And love is stronger than anything that this world can offer in defiance. Now, 1 John 4 verse 8 says, He that loves not doesn't know God, because God is love. But the text we read to begin with at the the outset was that God is in you. Therefore, love is in you when God is in you. John 3.16, we know this one. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is evidence that he loves us. So sometimes somebody says, well, I don't know that they love me. Well, probably you don't know that they love you because they don't act like it. Okay? Simple enough? Very simple. God made it simple for us. A man, though a fool, will not err therein. Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. You know what that means. It's easy for you to die for someone. I say it. it's easy. I know that you have the same impulse if you love someone. You have the impulse that I would rather die than see them suffer. But here we have an impulse where God sent his son and it would be better for him to come himself than to send his son because it was harder on him to send his son than to come himself. That's easy to see. It's very easy to see. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 36 says, I say unto you, and here it goes. Here we're talking about what love does. And we're not going to dissect it, I said. We're not going to try to analyze it. We're not going to try to take a look at it from every point of view that we can. Let's just read the text and see how love exemplifies itself in so many different ways. I say unto you which here, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smites you on the one cheek, offer also the other. Him that taketh away the cloak, forbid not your coat also. Give to every man that asks you. Of him that takes away your goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, this is the key, do you also to them likewise. If you love them that love you, what what thank do you have? For sinners also love them that love them. Well, love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, what, what, th- what thanks do you have? Sinners also do the same. If you lend to them that you hope to receive from, what, what thanks do you have? For sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. He said, do something else. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you can love your enemy because God lives in you. And God is love. Okay? That's the point we're making. Greater is he that is in you than is he that is in the world. And Jesus is making that point. He said if you you love those that love you, what, what more do you do? Okay? If you lend to those that pay you back, what more do you do? And so forth and so on. He said, love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward will be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your father also is merciful. Now, there are the texts. There are the scriptures. The point we're going to make here is that love is greater than the enemy. So you have more power within you Then the enemy can give you. If you go to the other side, if you go to the other side, you're going to weaken your position. If you stay on the side of love where God is, you're going to strengthen your position in life. Okay? The God of love is greater than the merchant of malice. The world says, No, don't love, get even. That's what you do. The world says, it's, it's a shame for you not to take action on your behalf and make sure that everything is to your benefit. You're the one that's supposed to get the best of the other one. If they get the better of you, then you've failed. But love doesn't speak that way. Love says love your enemies. Love graces your brow. Love crowns you with glory. Despite animosity, bitterness, bigotry, whatever it may be, whatever it's called, will disgrace you. It will shame you. It will make you smaller than the person that pays handball on a curb. It will make you little. It will reduce you in size. But love will magnify you. Love will strengthen you. Love will make a giant out of someone who's just an ordinary person because they have allowed the God of love to strengthen them and let him come forward instead of themselves. Love conquers the enemy. Love disarms the foe. You know, if you get even with someone, you'll have to also get even with their brother and with their parents, with their neighbors, with their countrymen, there's always a repercussion when you take vengeance. There always is. When you try to avenge yourself. Love leaves no room for criticism. When love takes over, then criticism of your action disappears. Oh, jealousy may raise its ugly head and say, well, I, I, I don't think they should have done it that way, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But love smooths the path for peace. Love is stronger than hatred. Love is more mighty than bitterness. Love brings smiles and happiness. Did you know that? When love is on the scene, people become brighter. They're more at ease. They enjoy your presence. Because they know, they can sense that there is love in you that is motivating you. And you know who it is? It's God. Because God is love. Any time love presents itself, its origin is from God, not from the devil. The origin of love is from God. Love drives away disappointment and sadness. The enemy offers revenge. The enemy offers retaliation. The enemy cannot overcome love. Okay, that's the second one. Second reason why he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Third is, did you know that God is called the God of hope? That he is hope? Actually, that's what the Bible says. God is hope. Now, let's read some passages to that end. Psalm 71 verse 5 says, You are my hope, O Lord God. You are my hope. Wow. Now, Joel 3.16 says, The Lord will roar out of Zion, utter His voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of His people. God is hope. Get that. Jeremiah 1 says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He's our hope. He's in us. Romans 15.13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope. He's, He's the God of hope. God is hope. And the point we're making is, initially, remember, God is in you. Therefore, you are, should be, can be, will be, full of hope. Okay. Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope, He's not talking about things you're anticipating. He's talking about the things of the fact that Jesus Christ Himself and God are hope themselves embodied. 1 Timothy 1, at verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. He's our hope. Now, the God of hope keeps our spirits from sagging. If God is in you, then guess what? Hope is in you. That's the point. You have hope. He keeps us from dropping into a pit of despair. When you're living with God, when He's with you, you don't live in the basement. You live in the penthouse. That's exactly right. You you don't have to dwell in a cave with, with the cave dwellers you can dwell in the sunshine because God is light you can dwell in love because God is love and you can dwell in hope which means that you anticipate good things anticipate good things now I know that, that uh, pessimism is a, an easy way to live life if, if everything goes up must come down that's not true that's not true Not everything goes up, comes down. That's not true. We're going to go up. We live a life up. We don't live a life down. should not live a life down. If God is in you, He will keep you up. He will keep you up. He is greater than our anxieties. He's greater than our fears. He's more than our panic. God's hand on our heart, because He is hope and He is in our lives, calms our fear and tells us that the night may seem dark, but the light is coming. That's always there. It's always there. It's never gone. In your darkest hour, God says, don't lose me. Don't lose hope things will get better. Things will improve. I have you in my hand. He lifts us up to face the future. He's greater than our pessimism. We're talking about hope, No, but we're talking about God. Because God is in us, God has given us hope. The God of hope does not know defeat. God gives us hope the demons gives us give us despair. God gives us hope. The world gives us pessimism. God says everything's going to be better. The world says things are going to get worse. That's the difference. That's the difference in he that is in you than he that's in the world. The God of hope promises every one of us a brighter, better day. That's the promise he made. Why? Because God is hope. Now, I think it's Matthew chapter 5 that talks about the fact that we're not to be worried about what we eat because God feeds the birds. We're not to be worried about what we wear because God clothes the flowers of the field. We're, We're to be concerned about the kingdom. If we seek first the kingdom of heaven... In his righteousness, God will take care of all this. So that's what we have that the world does not have because the world has the God of this world. We have the God of hope. We have the God of light. We have God of love. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. There is a little saying, and I'm sure you've heard it back and forth, on and off, different ones. God is good. That's right. We've heard that one. But we've also heard the statement, let God, let go and let God. You know what that means? Turn loose of your own self and get a hold of God and let Him do it for you. Quit trying to do it all yourself and let God handle it for you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't have to walk in darkness. you don't have to live in hatred and animosity. You don't have to live in despair because my friends, God is good and God is great and is greater than he that's in the world. Let him in. Let him live with you. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation.